0: You are listening to the 10-Minute Entrepreneur Podcast with host Sean Castrina. All right, when you hear this interview, you're going to wonder, this is when things don't go quite your way. I have the inventor of the stuffed crust pizza. Now, that's serious. I mean, the patent, the whole thing. I have Anthony Mangiello with me here today. He's the CEO and founder of Formaggio Cheese. It's great to have you on the podcast, Anthony. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, You know, I'm Italian. It's taken me five minutes to go through your name with you off camera. So, so, okay, you know, it's like winning the lottery and then somebody tells you, I'm sorry, it's the wrong state. Tell me how you invent, you know, the stuffed crust pizza. Obviously, that's Pizza Hut's made a lot of money with that. And you didn't make it. It doesn't sound like you made any with it. I,
1: no, I did not. I did not. And that's sad because Pizza Hut made billions of dollars, as other companies have uh, to this date, you know, uh, with this product. But, um, you know, Sean, as they say, all great inventions, they happen by accident. I've been a cheese guy for uh, most of my adult life, and uh, I was dating a girl once, and her, her mom asked me if I could make a pizza. I said, of course I can make a pizza. I'm not a old guy, but I'm sure I can figure it out. I'm a cheese guy. So I went and I I got the cheese and I went to a bakery and I bought some dough balls. But as I looked at the dough balls, I realized that they looked small to me. So what I did was I put two dough balls together and I proceeded to stretch out the pie and do what I thought I was supposed to be doing. But I realized how the center had to be shown flat and I pushed all the excess dough to the outside, not realizing I put sauce, cheese, put it in the oven but I had too much dough. So I had the size of a cooked pizza crust in raw dough. And as it was cooking, it started to rise. And I looked like I had a calzone or a Zeppeli all the way around my pizza. I was getting embarrassed, Sean. I'm looking in the oven as it's, it's cooking, and I'm going, what did I do? Oh, I'm going to be so embarrassed. Well, I took it out. It looked funny. There was this huge, huge piece of dough all the way around the outside, but there was nothing wrong with it. So I cut it, and we ate it, and we laughed, you know? I turned it sideways, and I was looking at this crust, and I bit into it. And I looked at it, and I said, wow, if there was something inside here, this would be incredible. And that, Sean, is truly how stuffed crust pizza was
0: created. Well, you had me sold when you said, you know, when you were, like, talking about it, it could have been a calzone crop. Uh, I'm picturing this pizza with this calzone all the way around. I'm like, you know, that's not a bad idea. It's a great
1: idea. Exactly. It,
0: exactly. In fact,
1: it, it, it sold for Pizza Hut probably close to $600 million worth of pies in, in 1995 when they first introduced it. It was amazing. It was amazing. But I actually sent it to them, uh, Sean, twice. I waited to get my patent, you know. I thought the patent would be able to be my protection from these big companies, you know. And I sent them the patent in 1988 after I received it. And then I sent it again in 1991. And all I got back was letters telling me, you know, thank you very much for considering us. Thank you for sharing your idea with us. But we are not interested in the product. And then in 1995, Pizza Hut launches a $45 million advertising campaign for stuffed crust pizza, I nearly fell off my chair. I don't know what to do.
0: Well, I would have lost my mind. But ha- ha- how are they How are they able to do that when you have the patent? I, and I'm sure there's some way they word it, you know, that we, we created this and you created that. And
1: Well, you hit the nail on the head. If we think back, and I could never forget the words of the um, – advertising it was a ring of cheese baked right into the crust i said to myself a ring of cheese is a ring has no beginning and no end how did they get a really big piece of cheese that big and then put it down there and and be able to create this product i i couldn't understand it because my product says you placed a plurality of separate individual food portions on the dough base well lo and behold we come to find out that's exactly what they're doing They're putting uh, pieces of string cheese, polio-type string cheese, piece by piece around the crust, evenly spaced apart. And I must tell you, Sean, that's exactly how my pattern reads. But what their claim was is that they said when I cut my pie, I'm supposed to cut in between the fillings, and that when they cut their pie, they cut the pocket open. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I went through three days of of video deposition with Pizza Hut. I I, I sued them for a billion dollars for patent infringement. In fact, my attorneys took it on a contingency because they felt we had such an incredible case. And that's where everything went awry. It's just incredible, Sean, what happened to me. These Pizza, Pizza Hut's lawyers spent three days in video deposition trying to break me, and they couldn't do it, trying to get me to say something that would support their theory against mine, and they couldn't do it. And what they did was they went to the judge and said to the judge, look, we don't want to be able to – Anthony to be able to have and try this case in front of a jury, because if he does, there's a possibility in their mind I think they know I'm going to win. So they made the judge – decide the case based on what's called summary judgment. Are you aware of what that
0: is? Yeah, I think Trump's going through something very similar to that in New York right now, (laughs) as a matter of fact.
1: Summary judgment, real quick, is is just when uh, PISA would present their uh, part of the case to the judge and all the facts that they feel support their side. And they presented it in such a way, and and again, you have to understand, I'm going against PepsiCo at this point. Because PepsiCo owns Pizza Hut, or did on Pizza Hut yeah, back they then. KFC and Taco Bell. And yeah. That is absolutely correct, Sean. And with that, um, it, it was a terrible thing, but Judge Nickerson ruled my patent was good. He upheld it, and he said their product was different, and I couldn't understand why. I said, you can't undo patent infringement by adding a step. And what do I mean by that? My patent ends in the description of how you make this pie because it's a method to make a pizza. It ends with putting the sauce in cheese and the last step is to bake the unbaked pie to create a pizza. So how does cutting it
0: Yeah, I was gonna uh, say uh, that Yeah. They added a step that had nothing to do with yours.
1: It's right. And I'll tell you this, I have a a, a documentary coming out called Stolen Dough" that's going to explain everything to everybody about my case and what happened. But I'll tell you this, the producers of the show found documentation uh, that's in the records against Judge Nickerson from the Brooklyn District Court for citing citing that he showed corporate favoritism. He actually took donations to charities he shouldn't have taken. May the man's soul rest in peace. I, I wish him all the best as he rests. But I have to tell you, I think that I was just treated unfairly and that Pizza Hut actually did steal my concept and my idea. But that's well, okay.
0: Yeah, you know, what do you, I always say, I, I worry about things, I, I don't worry about things I can't fix or change. You know what? That's
1: that's a very good way to live. And I agree with that thinking. I really do. But I'm going to tell you why. Because as an artist, a creator of products, food products is what I do and have been creating for my cheese company for the last 32 years. You know what the important thing was to me? It was important that my product worked and the consumers loved it and they do, they still do today. I buy stuffed crust pizza for my family all the time because as much as it hurt me to not receive any money from what transpired, it doesn't change the fact that I'm the creator of stuffed crust pizza and that I created a billion dollar concept for the pizza industry that changed the face
0: of pizza. That's a good way to look at it. And you sold more cheese because there's more cheese in the pizza now. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly right. You have done quite a bit with cheese. Tell me something here. You know, one thing that you have learned, obviously this invention is you've been able to identify market gaps and and help my entrepreneurial audience because I I know that's one of your specialties and I think it's so important. They get one thing and they beat that drum until the market rejects it and then they have nothing to fall back on. Help my audience understand why it's so important to identify gaps in the marketplace.
1: Here's what I do, and you've identified it very properly by saying they are gaps. I call them voids. I walk to stores and I look for the voids. I look for ways to create products for consumers that are going to make their lives easier. Uh, consumer-friendly items, value-added items, and always continue to change. People and items get stagnant after a while. And what I do as the big cheese is I continue to create new ways for people to enjoy fresh mozzarella appetizers. And that's my biggest accomplishment in my life next to my stuff, crust pizza, is always being able to keep my category alive. So when I go to a buyer of a supermarket, or whether it's uh, um, Walmart or Costco or Sam's Club or, or any of them, the important thing is to tell them, I'm going to be a good partner because I'm going to pay attention to this category, and I'm going to keep changing it and updating it as the years go on. And that's an important thing for people to understand.
0: It is. I, too many people, again, they create one thing and they don't always say, okay, but who is my target customer? What do they want? What is it they may want that they don't even realize they want right now? Where is the industry changing? You know, you know, you have to kind of, you know, as Steve Jobs said, you got to kind of look around corners that nobody sees to kind of see what they would want. Well, you would love to look up in my refrigerator upstairs. There is not a cheese combination I don't have up there. I got blocks <laughs> of cheese. I got slices of cheese. I've got the cheese, the, the things you were talking about, those strip things. I forgot what they're talking. Uh, string the cheese, yeah, yeah. String cheese. It's 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 ridiculous up up there. Um, Anthony, so tell me this also. How have you found you know, you know, you talk about innovating to create a legacy. Obviously, you've done that with your cheese company, but tell tell entrepreneurs how they can do that or why they should do it? We all.
1: The the number one thing I want to tell everybody is this. Always believe in your dreams. Follow what you believe you should. And like you said, if you really do get to a point where it doesn't work, you just have to move on to the next item. And that's hard because we become, as, as entrepreneurs and as product creators, emotionally attached. But we have to know when to move on to the next item. We have to learn from any mistakes we could have made. But it's important to keep moving forward. And don't let anybody ever tell you, oh, that's a simple idea. I'm sure somebody already thought of it. Because that's what people told me about stuff crust pizza. And I absolutely would not agree with them. And, and thank God I did not. And, and believe in yourself. Create the item. Bring it to market. And here's how I do it. I create the item in my head. And then I go ahead and I put it on paper. After I put it on paper, I build a prototype. Then after I build a prototype is when I'll create the packaging and then bring the product to market. And those steps really have to be followed just in that way. But don't give up on your dreams. Follow them. Try and create items that are value-added and will make people's lives
0: easier. Yeah, people don't realize, like if you look, you know, I'm old enough to know this, is if you, you can look at certain products right now, and it's not even that they made massive changes in it. They've shrunk the size of it like Oreos. Okay, you take the Oreo cookie that was around, you know, at my time, and th- now they stuck it into ice cream, sell it in little packs. Uh, now you can double stuff it. Now you can put a little different filling in. I mean, they took the same thing. Yes and just tweaked it 95 different ways. The post-it note, a million different sizes. You know, you can get in this size, this size, you can get it with lines on it, but it's the same basic product that they just keep finding new ways of using it.
1: Yes. But you touched on something and here's what you touched on. You took an Oreo cookie that's normally sold only in the grocery department and you brought it into the frozen food aisle by putting it in ice cream. The the supermarkets have different divisions within themselves. And any product that you can take and bring or introduce that same product that's a success in one department and introduce it in another department, that's a home run. And that's a perfect example with the Oreo cookie. You can find new ways for people that are enjoying the product. You know, it's accepted and how can they enjoy it in a different way? And that is very
0: important. And you did point that out. Yeah. It's like the cheese thing, the string cheese. I mean, you know, in our generation, you you had a slice of cheese. You put it on a sandwich. Right. Or you had shredded cheese that you put, you know, if you made your own pizza. But that was the limitation of it. Now I have an entire I got 30 feet of an aisle eight feet high of every conceivable way that I could come up with it. And I think people need to think of that in their everyday business. Yes. Every time you need to think, okay, wait, who else could utilize this? What other ways can we, you know, differentiate ourselves? create something new, create a new use of it, create a different sizing of it?
1: Yes. You know, when I do my food shows every year, the International Dairy Deli and Bakery Association shows, The people come to my booth and look at us and say, hey, guys, what's new for this year? Because they know that's what we do. We keep moving forward. And I want to give you uh, some information and and, and to listen to some information. The inventor of the one ounce polio string cheese, believe it or not, was my dad. My dad made cheese machines for the mozzarella industry. That's what he did. And he wanted to create a nutritional snack for kids. And this is where your audience has to be thinking. Like you say, what can we do better? So he says in lieu of let's say candy bars and potato chips, how about kids can eat a piece of mozzarella and have a good time doing it? And so he created and brought to Joe Palio Senior because I was actually at the meeting in the 80s when he introduced this product to Joe. And that's another billion-dollar concept that everybody's making today. And so when Pizza Hut took it and put it in the crust of the pizza, believe it or not, it was quite a shock for me. It really was. But thinking that way, think about an item, because that item, I'll tell you this, a real good fact, it's pizza cheese. And pizza cheese is the number one consumed cheese in the United States. But pizza cheese sold wholesale back then in the 80s for $1.50. Palio took it, changed the shape and the size, and retailed it for $12 a pound. Did you hear that? That's incredible. And that's what the the, the listeners have to realize. When they look at their products, they make a value-added product, because my business is all specialty. You can make much greater profits by being in the specialty end of the business you're in. And it's important.
0: Yeah, you get out of the commodity, you you know, you can't be, you got to differentiate yourself. I have Anthony Mangiello with me here today. He is the CEO and founder of Formaggio Cheese. Anthony, it is just so great to have you on the podcast. Just a delightful interview, just funny, uh, you know, just just a good interview. and Just so grateful that you were able to come on the podcast and share it with us. Well, it's my
1: pleasure and I thank you and it was great talking to you
0: audience, hopefully you learned something here today. Always, always be changing. Always be looking for new ways to utilize your products and your services. Just always innovate, you know, always expand, look for gaps in the marketplace. Again, this podcast brought to you by Gig Strategic, the number one digital marketing company. They're incredible because you work with a human being, reach out to them and they will absolutely change your sales. They did it for my company. So that's why I know how good they are. Again, thank you so much for listening and we'll talk soon.